Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Because I'm easy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> because I'm easy. Like Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm easy like Sunday morning. This is a show about emotion contagion. And so I picked easy like Sunday morning because I thought somebody was trying to put off chill vibes when they were writing that song. And that always gives me a soothed, calm sort of a feeling. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. And as a reminder, if you are new to our show, this is Shit Your Shrink Things. This is a show where two shrinks tell you what we think about life. We give you mental health facts. We also add some jokies in there to keep it light and fun or trying. And then we try out the skills that we recommend to you and they go medium. And that's what we do. And we we practice in front of you so that you can use our modeling to hopefully learn some cool stuff for yourself. Also on this podcast, we do do a section that's called What's Good. And in our What's Good section, we talk a little bit about what's been going well for us the past week. We might share a fun story that the other person didn't know about us. And so what's good with you this week, Michaela? Did you know that apple pie isn't actually American? That doesn't surprise me. Is this, like, <laughs> know, right? is this like Dutch or like Streusel or something? We just make everything. We're like, I know, this is ours. Like, oh, this is ours. Uh, Hot dog ours, hamburger ours, everything ours, spaghetti ours, pizza Well, apples ours. are native to Asia, and the first recorded hmm. recipe for apple pie was written in England. But so when you oh. say American as apple pie, that's not, we're not, it's not actually American. I think that's like it's, it's like, like everything. Me- yeah. <laughs> it's a meta it's a meta thing where it's like America's a melting pot. <laughs> that works. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I can't say I'm super surprised by no, that. No. No. Not not we- super surprised, but I was like, "Eh, all right. We'll go we'll go with that." <laughs> you know, I'm imagining that putting cheese on apple pie is probably what American is. You know that people do this, right? No. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, people put like I think cheddar, cheddar cheese. Really? Um, yeah, I think so. I I believe so. I don't think I'm making this up. I mean, you're probably right. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure. I shouldn't be surprised. There are also times where I have such bad source confusion. Like, where did I hear this fact from? <laughs> <laughs> is this a thing or is this just random person I know? <laughs> yeah, like, who is the source of this data? Is there any way this is accurate? <laughs> So I'm going to tell you what, that I can't find the source in my brain file for where that information came from. So it could be true, it could be false. I think it's true. You're probably right. Oh, uh, well. Yeah. Well, what's your yeah. what's good, Sunny? So this week, I 
uh, so I do physical therapy right now. Yeah. And uh, my physical therapy is going well. And I also really like my physical therapist. And I feel like this person and I would be friends if there wasn't a healthcare barrier there. And we were chatting about some cool things that I was going to do this weekend. She asked me what I was up to. And I told her that I was going to a bridal shower and that it was going to be a very, very fancy bridal, bridal shower. And she was <laughs> she made a joke like, you're going to go into this fancy bridal shower, essentially like bridesmaids, and you're going to drive in and there's going to be a butler that hands you lemonade. <laughs> and you're going to drink the lemonade and be like, damn, that's fresh. <laughs> and then I'm going to get puppies as favors Right, go home with like a whole that. bunch of puppies. <laughs> Might have overcommitted. <laughs> Six was okay. Eight was too many. And I, I thought it was kind of like a funny joke and I was prepared to go to the bridal shower and have nothing of that happen. Yeah, yeah. And then when I went to the bridal shower, it was in something that was very close to a mansion. I wouldn't say it was a mansion. Uh It was not a mansion. But it was, I mean, this house is, it could contain my house in the basement. Sure. I mean, it is powerful. It's a powerful house. And uh, very, very tall ceilings in this house. So we went there and it was actually lovely. And the person throwing it was a really good hostess. I walked into this house and I was thinking to myself, well, this is amazing. I mean, they have like art, like art, art, real art. Yeah. Not, not fake art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art from artists. Wow. Art not from home goods art. Right, right. So that was pretty crazy. And I got shown the art and that was also really cool. The art was cool, but I just couldn't believe it. And there are like, furniture pieces in there that are pieces. I mean, they're pieces that you buy because they are kind of art themselves. So that was cool. Yeah. And then this person had hired a chef to cook for us. Oh, my god! And to teach us how to cook a little bit. So they made this very fancy frittata. And then they also made stuffed French toast with orange zest and stuffed blueberry fluff. I don't know what you would call it. It was good. And homemade syrup. It was crazy. This is like another level that I can't even comprehend. <laughs> yeah, he he was wearing a a chef jacket. I was gonna say a chef suit. He had a chef the uh, getup on, which was pretty cool. There was like a mimosa and Bloody Mary bar, which was awesome. Obviously, yeah. Are you a mimosa or a Bloody Mary person? I'm more of a mimosa than a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I'm also a mimosa person. Uh, so they had great mimosas, and then. We so the chef cooked for us, and then we had like a section where the bride opened gifts, and the gifts were obviously super nice. You could tell it was not like a nineteen-year-old getting married. It was yeah, like a, it was like a classy affair. <laughs> Lots of really nice gifts, and then at the end, we literally got gifts ourselves. We got these nice little plants with this cute little name tag on them, and like well wishes and stuff. It was really something it was really something yeah i have not seen something like that in a long time so it actually was close to bridesmaids close to that yeah well and and you're going home with something to care for right it wasn't a puppy but you got a plant to (laughs) to care for now the mimosas were fresh so it was it was actually a delightful time that's awesome I did not used to like, when when I was a little bit younger, I didn't used to like bridal showers or, you know, what the hell is the baby party called? Is that also baby called shower. a baby shower? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Showers. I didn't like showers. I wasn't like a weddings fan, blah, blah, blah. But since I've gotten older and these things are kind of like, there's nice cocktails there <laughs> and people are not asking me to play games and to do stupid stuff, it's actually really turned a corner. It's they're, they're I cool have now. yet to be one that doesn't have games. 
Oh my gosh, you're you, you got to like date these date. You got to meet these people who just are either one childless. <laughs> childless <laughs> people do not do this shit. They're like, "Yeah, I'm not playing a stupid game," which is cool and I love it. And also, you know, people in more non-traditional fields or people who are Fair. more academic types, man, they just don't do things by the books and I am into it right i'm into it well yeah. in general i feel like all those things are outdated like it makes me like when we had ours i was kind of frustrated that like you know it was i was the one there like my husband should be sitting mm-hmm. there at the baby shower and we should mm-hmm. be having this gathering together of men and women it should not be mm-hmm. all women i agree like i totally agree that's just yeah weird to me. like why yeah. why are we still doing it this way yeah <laughs> and why well, are we playing you... these games <laughs> yeah why do i have to as open you know... these gifts in front of you yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you know, I just hold an annual baby queue and I don't we because our our baby shower was a barbecue. Yeah. And we just were like, bring a gift and we'll give you ribs. That was the trade. Yep. Yeah. Here is pork. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's kind of a strange tradition, but now we're going to give you pork for gifts. Deal with it. <laughs> I think there's like I a lot it. of ways to do it. You oh, know? yeah. No, there definitely is. There definitely yeah. is. That's yeah. Cool. What? A, yeah. So it was, it was great. Uh, I loved it. So how did your outside of podcast experimentation go? I would say I kind of failed because I was supposed Uh, to pay attention to the emotional contagion happening. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I did notice like reflecting that I was super emotional, but TMI... My menzies came, so the me- the so I think it was more about that than emotional yeah. contagion. You were emotionally contaminated by the moon and the tides. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad. Yeah, it really was. Us. It really was. I was like, oh, this yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Poop. <laughs> Whale poop. <laughs> you did your best. Uh, uh, how did you said yours didn't go good either oh no i f- completely failed my homework was to also try to be aware of emotion contagion and to decide what was my own emotional response and what was other people's emotional response and decide whether i wanted to pick it up or put it down yeah yeah so i teach at a university right now and i am supervising some baby docs doing therapy and uh i would say that as the end of the semester approaches people are pretty nervous yeah you know and i don't think it's necessarily related to the class it's just people globally not even people i'm supervising professors students it's crunch time it's just everybody's just real scared yeah (laughs) you don't know it's i don't know frankly personally i don't feel scared that wouldn't be i don't know what we're scared of but i know that everybody is scared and i am certainly picking it up and i know i'm picking it up and not putting it down because I've been irritable for like two weeks straight, just mm. pissed off. And it's always triggered by certain types of interactions that are related to that situation. And I know it's not my own feeling, but I just can't seem to separate it. So I've kind of, plus I got like, you know, when you get an email that is, there's so many problems with what the request is in oh, the email, no. like from yeah. top to bottom, you're like, I hate this. Right. I hate this. I, I got one of those recently from an, un, I'm not going to say, an unnamed party in a university setting, let's just say. And I just... <sighs> Unreasonable <laughs> requests. Like, I'm just, not doing that. No. 
just just bizarre, just really bizarre. Maybe not an unreasonable request, but the way of communicating it was very, very strange. Okay. And so, yeah, I'm in a position right now where I've decided I will probably be contaminated with the emotions of others, unfortunately, and I'm just going to kind of crunch it out here for the last couple weeks and call it a day and just keep it moving after that. I think I all the best I can do is awareness right now. Fair. And then fleeing the scene of the crime. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, I'm irritable, and that's why, but I'm going to be irritable. <laughs> I'm I can't trying. Put it down. I, was, I was trying to do stuff. It wasn't working, so I'm just going to... Just keep going and then flee the scene of the grind. That's like what I'm it. working on. However you get through it, right? Just get yeah. through it. <laughs> I got to get yeah. through this. I got to get through uh, this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, I should listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Ugly but effective. That's what I'm going to uh, try. U- ugly but effective. So yeah. today we are doing part two of our mini series on emotion contagion. And as a reminder, emotion contagion is when you start to pick up the emotions of a group of people or a single individual around you. Mm -hmm. So let's say somebody was feeling anxious, then you begin to feel anxious. That's emotion contagion. And it can be communicated from like a large number of people. It can be communicated from an individual. It can be positive emotions. It can be negative emotions. It can be emotions founded in reality. It can be not realistic emotions. (laughs) Any kind of emotions, you can pick them up. That's emotion contagion. Yeah. And so, you know, it has its ups and its downsides, as we talked about last week. And last week, we left off kind of beginning to chat through some of the research. And we had a couple more research findings. So as a reminder, emotion contagion can come through nonverbal cues. It can come through the context of your social interactions. It can come through the high level of emotional arousal, like if somebody is really, really emotional. And it can also be spread through digital communications. There are lots of formats and th- that this can come through. And we have some more specific findings for you here today. So tell us a little bit about the first one, Michaela. So the first one is on the ripple effect, emotional contagion and its influence on group behavior by Siegel G. Barisade. Yeah. Okay. It was in it was in administrative science quarterly. I don't know if that's important. Yeah. What the study find? The study found that emotional contagion can have a significant impact on group behavior, influencing things like cooperation, conflict resolution, and decision making. Yeah. So that's really important in industrial organizational psychology. So if you have a group of people who are becoming overly pessimistic or overly anxious. What tends to happen is cooperation goes down. If there's like a high level of anger or negativity, then conflict resolution as a group is impaired and decision making tends to get more difficult as well, as you might expect. That's right. Yeah. Well, and really, I mean, group behavior is just crazy in general. Have you ever seen this, the little study or video where they have like a noise in a waiting room and people are standing every time the noise goes off? Like. They just some they stand and then they sit back down and then they stand and then they sit back down. So in the beginning, it's mostly people who are part of it and know. And then new uh-huh. people come into this waiting room thinking that it's, you know, who aren't aware of the, uh-huh. the study. And they just see everybody standing at these noises and they start standing. And then that eventually all the other people be... get out and it's all just just random people who have no idea. And they're standing every time it dings, even though they have no reason or understanding why. And they sit back down. That's amazing. It's like a school of fish. Yeah. 
you know, and it makes sense why from an evolutionary standpoint, you'd want to just be able to really quickly connect with a group and like fit in with the tribe and the school of fish essentially to mm-hmm. avoid predators yeah. and to be protected and safe. Totally makes sense. I feel like I don't know. I I feel like I'm inoculated so hard to psychological stuff that at this point, it's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I, I know I'm not doing. playing the game. I know it. <laughs> and I think that is actually, I think there's a research study on basically the inoculating effects like when you tell people about this sort of stuff they just don't play ball because they kind of know what's going on a little bit which is interesting yeah i feel like i'd be in that study like yeah i don't want to be in here <laughs> just leave the room <laughs> do i have to be in this room well i'm pretty sure want... i would have like asked the person next to me like why are we standing and if they had oh, been like yeah. i don't know i'd have been like okay okay uh, and not like <laughs> <laughs> why are we standing I don't I gotta be honest I don't even think I would ask I would just be like you know, I don't, don't really want to be here I don't need to know <laughs> I don't I even want to know <laughs> can it's you like imagine a blood walking... flow thing I don't get it whatever what's going on <laughs> can you can you imagine walking into a room like that realistically in your day today and just being like yeah I don't actually have time for this <laughs> cannot do this with you. Oh, that's a really funny study. There's also another study on emotion contagion and virtual teams, and it looks at the role of nonverbal cues in feedback loops. So that's actually exactly what you're talking about, Michaela, mm, is nonverbal yeah. cues like standing, for example. And in this study, they found that emotion contagion can occur even in virtual teams, which is really interesting. So like Skype or Zoom. Yeah. And that nonverbal cues and feedback loops can amplify and attenuate the fe- the effect. So the more often you're using nonverbal cues, it kind of heightens the effect over these digital platforms, which I thought was really interesting. So if you're a super big grump lump in the middle of a Zoom meeting and you kind of show a lot of nonverbals, like your face is not smiling and you have grumpy eyebrows and you're kind of like leaning away from the camera and playing on your <laughs> phone, that can kind of cause a feedback loop where other yeah. people start to feel that also more strongly, which is very interesting. That is interesting. Another study called Emotional Contagion and Social Identity, the Role of Group Membership, it found that emotional contagion can be influenced by the actual membership of, of who's in the group. So individuals uh-huh. were more likely to catch emotions from in-group members versus out-group members. So yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, like you're a part of my yeah. clan, so I see yeah. your emotion and I'm picking it up. But you're not a part of my clan and you're just kind of bebopping in. I'm not, yeah. I'm not messing with that. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how that would work for those of us who feel like kind of loners, like – they don't feel part of a clan. I wonder if they're less likely to have. To catch it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be really interesting. I know. So I would say that I, I unwillingly catch the emotions of others. Like I hate it and I'm annoyed by it (laughs) and I just catch it anyway. But I would say that if somebody that I trust is feeling a type of way, like a best friend or something like that, if she was feeling some type of way about something, I'd really check in with, I would definitely check in with that because I trust her. So, yeah, I would probably be more likely to be influenced by people I perceive as close to me. Yeah, I think that's 
I think that's anybody, right? Again, and this study kind of picks that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like academics just confirming real world experiences. Which <laughs> right. No surprise at all. It, it's so funny, like the things that we research as academics, because I think like farmer Ed down the street would be able to tell you like no shit. Right. <laughs> I always think that about academia. I don't, I'm not like a, hopefully this doesn't come off the wrong way, but personally, I've never been a huge fan of the ivory tower myself just because it's like, well, no shit. Like I can look with my eyeballs and tell you that information. Right, right. Can we study something a little deeper? (laughs) Yeah, but it is really important to confirm it, honestly. I mean, to some degree it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can build from that really basic understanding. So I shouldn't be so critical. Yeah. I also have here that uh, Facebook can spread emotions. Oh, my God. Shocker of the year. So, yeah, there's a study called The Spread of Emotions via Facebook. And this study was published in 2014, and it found that emotion contagion can occur through social media with the users who are more likely to experience emotions that are prevalent in their news feed. So, for example, if you have a feed full of puppies and kittens playing and positive affirmations and soothing music, etc. You're probably going to have a better emotional contagion experience if you have a whole bunch of like very scary political stuff. <laughs> right. We all go die. Then you probably are going to feel anxious. Right. A hundred percent. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to clients about limiting. Listen, yes, like you've got to you got to put the phone away. You can't you can't you get on that stop. social media. You can't keep watching the news. You can't like yeah, it's a feedback loop. Uh, and if if you don't want to put the phone down, which is fine, and I understand why you wouldn't want to totally, then you do need to curate your experience and be mindful of what you're consuming, right? right. Like I literally have at times to self-soothe just googled pictures of kittens right and you just scroll through pictures of kittens oh, yeah. you're like that's awesome love these kittens yes. right you can curate your experience or if you're on reddit for example you can just like have your own kind of user id and then make sure that you are kind of silencing other threads that don't make any sense and mm-hmm. you don't want to hear which is what you Instagram. can do with facebook too you can say like yeah. hide this hide this hide this Mm-hmm. And and same with like TikTok, right? Like you, if you yeah. like it, you're gonna get more of it. So like mm-hmm. all those kittens, I have so many cats on my fucking TikTok. <laughs> cat video, cat video, cat video. <laughs> cat talk. <laughs> so, you're gonna be the new most famous. You're gonna be Bill Gates now. You're gonna invent cat talk. Cat it's talk. just all just cats. cat videos, bottom to top. Meow talk. Cat- it's just cats. It's all cats. Yeah. And I think I will say, I think on Instagram, it's harder to do that because I've definitely done that with even like our um, our page because I'm forced to interact with Instagram on mm-hmm. our page. Yeah. And like a lot of things come up that are pseudo mental health that I'm like, that that's bullshit. Please don't put that no on here. that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't show me that in the feed. And it feels like no matter how many times I hide or block or report, it doesn't do what I want it to do. So Fair. I wonder if on some platforms it's a little bit easier. I think it's still worth it. Yeah. I can't tell you how many pictures of boobies we have on our feed. 
I don't what? know what I'm. Yeah, it's crazy. Like Instagram's really interesting because I don't, I'm like not sure how these algorithms work. Like it seems like there's a lot of like really revealing pictures on there, which is I don't think uncommon. No, I've heard that like pretty frequently from people. It's just like it just kind of pops up. So. Yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> you can do your best, oh, but Lord. some exposure on some level yeah, to social yeah. media is well. Not I good. mean, even for Facebook, right? You can like snooze things and hide right. it, but I know to some extent, shit's just gonna pop off. Like you said, there's only so much that you can kind of do. Yeah, but yeah. do it absolutely. <laughs> do no, you it, can. But do, yeah. yeah, but do but do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So overall, the research on emotion contagion does suggest that emotions are contagious. They can be transmitted through multiple forms and they have significant implications for individual and group behavior not just how you feel but how you are behaving mm-hmm. as well as your relationships and your social influence so it's something to be aware of yeah so now that we know the research let's review what personalities are most susceptible to emotional contagion yeah <laughs> so i'm going to i'm going to preface this by saying that i personally am very, very, very impacted by the emotions of others, and I hate it. Like I, I do, I, I do actually feel like some of us just are biologically more prone to this. I do not like it, and it is something I am prone to. Yeah, I have an awareness of it and have developed a lot of tools to resist it personally because I, I want to know what I am feeling first. That's why I resist it. I feel like I make a conscious effort of when I want to lean into it as a therapist and kind of like poke around in those emotions to help a client versus when I don't want to have it and I want to have my own day. But I would say I fall into at least one of the categories below, at least probably more. And so if you are one of those people, don't sweat it. I identify with you. I'm sorry. Ditto. I'm sorry about our strength slash weakness. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, So research has suggested that there are certain types of people that are more susceptible to emotion contagion. And there are a few examples. So what is the first type of person? This is no surprise. Right. I was going to say, this is not going to surprise anyone. People who have high empathy levels. Mm -hmm. So if you are a highly empathetic person, then you are highly attuned to the emotions of others and tend to feel and absorb the emotions of those around you. So as a result, you're going to be more susceptible to emotional contagion, right? You you feel the emotions, you see the emotions, you can connect with the emotions, and therefore you absorb the emotions. Yeah. (laughs) So so two out of two shrinks on this show have, <laughs> have checked a box, unfortunately. Uh, or fortunately, can yeah. be strength. Right. Another type of personality characteristic that is more likely to be absorbing other people's emotions is highly neurotic individuals. So keep in mind the trait neuroticism is actually not as terrible as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, leave it to a psychologist to call something neurotic when they really just kind of mean like a little double checky and a, like slightly nervous. It just yeah. sounds way more intense than it actually is. So individuals who score highly on measures of neuroticism, which is a personality trait, and, and that personality trait tends a little bit more towards anxiety or emotional lability. Like kind of you are more likely to have bigger fluctuations in your emotional sure. range, essentially. Yeah. I, I don't really don't think this is a negative, but those people tend to experience more emotional contagion. So I right. would definitely check that box. I would, I would too. Oh, yeah. I can flip a coin pretty quick. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say like outwardly, I do not appear that way, maybe, but internally. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Oh, oh yeah. and I'm I am super check every box and yeah, ang- anxious. This has to be this certain way. Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> two for two on the <laughs> shrinks here. Womp womp. Okay. So the next thing that is a personality trait, tell us about it. That is somebody who is highly agreeable. So individuals who score high on measures of agreeableness, which is also a personality trait, and that is characterized towards compassion, empathy, cooperation, they are going to be more susceptible to emotional contagion. So, I mean, again, it makes sense. If you're somebody who tries to get along with others, you try to kind of go with the flow and are agreeable to things instead of, you know, putting up putting up a fight, you know, yeah. the people pleaser stuff. If you got some of that, you're yep. more, more likely susceptible to this. Yeah, so, I definitely I definitely have this. Yep. I definitely work against this. Like I have a really high awareness of it. So I do opposite action a lot. Yeah, like too. And. I have a like a whole framework in my mind where I'm like intentionally non-compliant. Yeah, like I've come a, a long lot. way with this this trait. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. Say say more about that. Like say how it started this agreeableness trait. Like what the advantages are, and then why you might modify it. Well, it it starts out being an advantage because you're going to be a team player, right? You're yeah. you're going to try to help go with the flow. You're going to make things smooth. If there is kind of some kind of conflict, you're going to try mm-hmm. to find that middle ground and get everybody. Mm-hmm. To, you know, or if somebody wants to do something, you're like, cool, let's go with that. Whatever, mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. go with the flow. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's a really chill cool way to be but then a mm-hmm. lot of times you get caught up in just doing what everybody else needs and wants and you kind mm-hmm. of forget about yourself mm-hmm. so good to start to check in on that and work against it so i think yeah sunny and i have have had this trait <laughs> but we are actively trying to learn how to lessen it yeah i think agreeableness in a healthy social environment is yeah. a super cool trait and I, we've got to talk about game theory on this. You know, the economic theory with the hawks and the doves. You know what I'm talking about? I've referenced this like 82 million times. I don't remember. Now, if you okay, have, I okay, feel really bad. Let me, let me just explain game theory really quickly okay. because I think it relates to the... Oh, the, I think I get what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. The hawks are like the predators. The doves are not. And so then the hawks take advantage of the doves. Yes. So game theory is a theoretical framework to conceive social situations among competition players. So the intention of the game theory is to produce optimal decision making and of independent competing actors in a strategic setting. So essentially, if you are a dove, let's say you're a peacemaker and you're, you know, really agreeable, it benefits you to be around other doves. If the entire group that you're with is doves and is agreeable, then you're actually going to have super good outcomes in a competitive environment. Right, because you're going to work together. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. But if there is even one hawk, then the hawk being the person who is the non-agreeable person, you can think of it like doves being givers and hawks being takers. Somebody who doesn't play along with the kind of like group strategy, if there's even one hawk, what happens is the hawk gains a super huge advantage to all of the doves. And so my thing about agreeableness is I actually think it's great in certain situations. Oh, yeah. I don't want to end that character trait in myself because I like it. But the problem is I find that I'm very often in situations with too many hawks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I, and I think in game theory, uh, don't quote me, but I think it's if you have all hawks, everybody dies. Obviously, you need to have some doves and 
you know, in order to fuel the hawks, but I'm, I'm not going to be a dove in that particular situation, let's just say. Right. So agreeableness is good, but you just kind of got to like know about your general surroundings. Yes. There, know who you're agreeing with and what you're agreeing with. Like make a conscious choice instead of just yeah. going along and trying to be a peacekeeper being like, but do I really want this? Is this like, yeah. are these all these people, you know, the wolves and the sheep kind of thing? Like, yeah, uh, nah, I'm not going to play with these wolves. Yeah, I'm wolf. I'm wolf and sheep non-binary. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I'm wolf sheep fluid. Like yes. I will go, but whatever is like useful in that situation is what I'm going to do. I'd prefer, frankly, to be a dove. Like it's a lot easier 100%. and yeah. more consistent to just like have good vibes only or whatever. But I will be a hawk if necessary. So yep. I thought that was a really interesting kind of discussion of agreeability. And then this one, God, I hope this is not us. No, I don't but think so. Yeah, but individuals with lower emotional intelligence often also are affected by emotion contagion. So emotional intelligence is not just IQ. It's the ability to identify and manage your own emotions as well as the emotions of others. And individuals who struggle with emotional intelligence, like they might have not always gotten all of the information growing up about, you know, their feelings Mm -hmm. and the feelings of others, they're more likely to catch emotions from others because they might struggle to regulate their own feelings and even identify their own feelings. So it might be harder to necessarily even know that it's happening. They might not even know it's occurring. Right, yeah. They might not realize that they are having the emotional contagion. They just now experience an emotion, and they can't really even fully understand or label what they're experiencing, right? They're just yeah. they're just kind of emotionally doing whatever whatever the emotions want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, that feel, to me, that would feel really scary, and yeah. I have a lot of empathy for that. Right. Yeah, I have a lot of empathy for that. So it's important to note that susceptibility to emotion contagion varies widely depending on the individual, the context, and the specific emotions in question. And susceptibility to emotion contagion is obviously not necessarily a negative trait, as being attuned to emotions of others can also be an important aspect of social connection and empathy. You just got to know when to dial it up and to dial it down. It's all about flexibility, my dudes, <laughs> my psychological dudes who are out there. You know who you are, uh, psychological dudes. <laughs> and he's clear, anybody listening to this is probably a psychological dude. <laughs> I'm going to make a t-shirt for my psychological dudes. Uh, Okay, so let's say for whatever reason, you want to prevent, you want to be a person who can switch and not have as much emotion contagion. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you are in a negatively valenced work or team environment and or you want to maybe prevent it from social media. So let's just talk about how do we do this thing? Yeah. So, I mean, preventing emotional contagion can be challenging. As emotions are natural, they're often an automatic response to our social and environmental cues. However, there are some strategies that can be used to minimize the negative impact of emotional contagion. So let's go through some of those examples. So one of the first ways we kind of alluded to before is emotion regulation. So one way to prevent being contagioned by somebody else's emotions is you would be aware of your own emotional state and take steps to manage your own emotional state prior to being into a situation where you know that things are going to try to pull you one direction or the other. I don't know how many of you have been in a negative workplace before, but I've definitely been that person where 
I pull into the parking lot. I remember doing this actually at the doctor's lot where I was working. And I remember pulling into the lot and just like sitting there for a minute, hands on the ceiling, the steering wheel. I was like, the bastards are not going to get me down today. Not like, today. I, I remember talking to myself and taking like 10 deep breaths. And I was like, I have a wall of positive energy around me. I would just be like, nope, we're not, nothing is getting in here. I am not letting that happen. And so just kind of like hyping yourself up, being ready, knowing your own emotions before you enter the situation. Yeah. The next example would be mindfulness. So mindfulness practice such as meditation or deep breathing exercises can help increase the awareness of our own emotions and reduce the reactivity to external stimuli, which can make us less vulnerable to emotional contagion. So like Sunny was saying, doing some deep breaths before even going in, right? We know that this is a place that tends to to stir us up. Taking those deep breaths, being mindful, being aware of how we are actually feeling in the moment before we're engaging with those possible contagions. Absolutely. Another thing is social support. So you want to have a strong social support network that can help you mitigate the negative effects of emotion contagion. So you want to surround yourself with more optimistic, supportive people that that can help you buffer against the spread of a negative emotion. So we all know that person who's just, they are zen, doesn't get to them. The bastards do not get them down. And we want to kind of surround ourselves with more people like that rather than having people who are really, really reactive, really, yeah. really negative. That's going to kind of help protect us. And to maybe select how often, you know, you can't just completely remove yourself, obviously, from situations and everybody has a bad day. Sure. But it's more about putting more emphasis on the positive social supports than otherwise. Right. The next would be communication. So effective communication can also help prevent emotional contagion. By being clear and direct in your communication, you can help reduce misunderstandings and prevent negative emotions from spreading. Absolutely. And boundaries. Baby. Right. Boundaries, right. boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. We're not going to talk about this right now. I got yeah. <laughs> I'm not having it. I'm not. Yeah. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. Or if you are not going to have a really direct conversation, that's fine. You can change the subject or... Uh, pretend you are getting a phone call <laughs> and just leave. Uh, I got to take are, this. Oh, sorry. Bye. Uh, but yeah, communication, setting boundaries directly or indirectly can be useful. And physical distancing. So sometimes you just got to get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you've assessed that the situation is emotionally harmful to you and you really need a break. Maybe it's a, a temporary break. Maybe it's a permanent break. But either way, sometimes you've got to create some physical distance. I do think that like work from home helps with this a little bit, frankly, yeah. in negative office situations because people can't just drop in on you and right. spew stuff upon you. So I think that helps. But... It's something to consider. So overall, while it may be difficult to prevent emotions from spreading completely, there are some steps an individual can take to minimize the impact and maintain emotional well-being. Yeah, I'm so glad you picked this topic. I think it's really something that we don't really think about. And I, mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we got to talk about it. But what are we going to do for homework? I think I used to see emotion contagion as a real weakness. And I think that I think our culture sees things that have been traditionally associated with the gender of woman as mm. negative. Yeah. And I to me, 
a lot of this seems like it is more traditionally found in people who are identify as women like this is kind of more of a feminine a trait. common yeah a common finding there and so I'm just gonna try not to shame it I've even heard people like I understand the concept of codependency and how that's kind of like a hot topic and you want to like have some of your own stuff going on and create a little bit of distance and not be totally reliant on other people but I also think that we just really downplay why this exists and I just don't and how it started <laughs> yeah and how it started and sometimes why it's good and I just so I don't want to try to shame myself for it I think it's just a thing I naturally am more genetically predisposed to and I think I'm just going to be kind to myself and get through my particularly challenging time right now. I'm going to be a giant grumpalump while I'm doing it. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to move through it. And so, yeah, without trying to like shame myself or trying to cuz I've I did the part where I attempted to change it already. That is not working literally at all. So now I'm going to move into my acceptance phase yep. and being gentle about, okay, well, I did try this. It's not working. What are some upsides of it? You have it for a reason. Yep. Just try to get through. Yeah, I like that. I like the that. stages of realizing you're not going to be able to do something well. <laughs> That's, I accept defeat pretty quickly. <laughs> what about you? What are you going to try for outside of session practice? I think I just want to continue with my emotional awareness. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. contagion or my own or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've found myself sometimes kind of trying to like tune out but still being like lay ball (laughs) (laughs) so I think I just need to tune in and at least acknowledge what's going on and I mean if I can parcel apart whether that's me or not that'd be great but I'd like to just be a little bit more mindful you Mm -hmm. know use some of those mindfulness skills but also just try to increase some of that awareness I think Absolutely. And yeah, be loving and kind towards whatever the fuck it is, because I'm probably not going to change it in the moment right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do anything to solve this, so I'm going to be cool to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very fair. So I do have a joke for you this week. Yay, yay. Okay, are you ready? Yes. The last wedding I was at was very emotional. Everybody was crying. The bride and the groom, the whole reception, the priest, everyone was crying. Oh, man. Even... The massive cake was in tears. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that took me a hot second. I'm like, what? Oh, tears. <laughs> Play on words. Yeah, I thought that was good. Emotion contagion. I like it. I like it. Never criticize someone until you have walked a mile in their shoes. Hmm. That way, when you criticize them, you'll be a mile away and you'll have their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very in line with our hawk and dove discussion. <laughs> oh, I got a little so <laughs> You'll be a mile away in other shoes. I like that a lot. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. It's always a pleasure. And again, as a reminder, we would love so much if you would subscribe, follow us, or rate and review yes. us. Give us a, a drop a five star in there, baby, That'd and tell awesome. us we're beautiful maybe i don't know (laughs) put a compliment in there if you feel the need to and if you are really enjoying what we're doing then feel free to visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash shit you shrink things and put a tip in our tip jar that'd be awesome we so appreciate it yeah we appreciate you guys lots thanks for listening
Thanks for listening, and we'll chat with you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.